welcome to your podcast or mine, where the creative minds behind the mic are interviewed. Now, let's get things started. Here's your host, Sherry. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Your Podcast or Mine. I'm Sherry, and today I'm speaking with Nicole, the creative mind behind the podcast, Movies That Matter. So uh, thanks for joining me today on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks. (laughs) Sorry. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. (laughs) So um, why don't you um, start by giving a brief description of Movies That Matter. So we are uh, not your typical movie podcast. We do about 50% of the show is a traditional movie review. And then we do a deep dive into one of the issues uh, central to the movie. So we're a diverse team. We have a lot of different voices and perspectives that we can bring to bear on a lot of different issues that uh, are common in current cinema. I have listened to a few of the shows, and um, I just – want to preface beforehand um it's the um podcast uh, spoiler free or do you suggest watching the movie before you listen to the podcast great question we spoil everything so yes we always <laughs> recommend you know save us in your queue until you've seen the movie um it's I really have great admiration and respect for uh, movie critics who don't spoil. But, boy, it's really hard, especially when you talk thematically uh, about a movie, to not, you know, just to stay totally spoiler-free because sometimes you just have to talk about the ending. Yes, exactly. So I I just wanted to um, let the listeners know to watch the movie before um, listening to the podcast unless, you know, it's a a movie that you – want to revisit or it's a movie that you probably won't be seeing in the in the theaters or you'll be waiting Mm -hmm. for you know the the dvd to come out in a year so (laughs) because i know there are plenty of people like that too so um but if you're a movie buff i i I... go ahead yeah i appreciate you uh introing that your your uh interview style and skills on display for all the world to see right there sherry um, and yeah, I mean, one of the, the cool things about the show is that the content's a little bit evergreen. You know, I see hits on my old episodes all the time and it's like, Oh, did you just catch up with that on Netflix? Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the movie is like 20 years old and they're like, Oh, <laughs> I'm just discovering it now. You know, <laughs> So let me go. Back. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you have a, a rotating uh, list of co-hosts. You have about seven of them, right? I mean, how does that how does that work out for you? I mean, I, I'm sure it's um, probably time-consuming or um, scheduling. It, it may uh, be a little tricky every once in a while, but I would guess with seven, you ha- always have one that's available to talk to you about a movie. I do, and I have to say, I'm I'm sure, you know, a lot of people say this, but I really do have just the best team on earth. Um, You know, we're all, excuse me, we're all doing this as a labor of love. Um, And I think one time one of my co-hosts 
grandmother died and she had to fly home. And that's basically the only time anyone's ever missed a recording session. So uh, if, you know, you want to know sort of the nuts and bolts behind the process, basically about quarterly, and I just sent the email out, I email the team and I, you know, usually try to include some sort of article or something of like, here are the upcoming movies. Um, So they have a taste, but since we're all seeing movies regularly, we're all watching a lot of previews. Um, And I just sort of let them pick out what speaks to them. And I mentioned a couple of things that I'm very interested in seeing if somebody wants to jump on that bandwagon. So the host, the co-host, the team kind of determines the schedule. So I just sort of look at all the opening dates, figure out what, you know, movie needs to go where and kind of get back to everyone and say, okay, you're doing this and this and sort of let the schedule build itself out that way. Um, And there's maybe one or two gaps where I have to sort of tag someone and say, hey, I need you for this episode. Are you willing to do this movie? Um, But it's, it's remarkably painless uh, for what it is. That's nice to hear, especially with with a, a cast that large. <laughs> so, I know, uh, and I just I just feel so lucky because you know everybody you know rags on people for being unreliable and being flaky, and my team is just rock solid. They always see the movie, they always have you know notes and done the research. Uh, so I'm just really lucky. So, uh, what compelled you to become a podcaster? Um, it was quite an accident, actually. So I, a friend of a friend said to me one day, I have a friend who wants to start a podcast about movies, and I know you like movies, so I told her to get in touch with you. And that is, that's the story. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it kind of fell into my lap at a time where I felt like I really just needed a creative outlet. Now, um were you always interested in movies um, growing up, or um, were you a, a film critic or um, any background in communications prior to this? Um, I have always been a movie buff. I was raised to be a movie buff. The joke is that my parents do not remember my first word. My first movie was Raggedy Ann and Andy. <laughs> Um, I took film classes in high school and in college, and it's just always been just a deep, deep love of mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I took radio television in college, and I took a couple of uh, uh, film classes, you know, the introduction to film and, and all, you know, those those types of courses, and um, the <laughs> the basics were shown, you know, uh, the the movies like uh, Freaks or Citizen Kane, like those movies were shown mm-hmm. and, and spoken about. And, and I'm sure I was going to ask, yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> the, were those the ones that were covered in, in your film classes too? Uh, pretty much, although uh, I was a double major in college with Spanish, so I actually took a Spanish film class. So I saw a lot of, you know, Almodovar films. <laughs> uh, so I think, yeah, I, th- I mean, my background was pretty varied. But again, I mean, my parents loved classic movies. So, you know, they would just rent all the classics for us. You know, that's how I saw Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn and 
old musicals um, was a lot of just being steeped in it growing up as well as, you know, more formal training, like you said. Um, and it definitely does. I don't know if you find this, like I, I sort of talk about this on the podcast when I'm watching something for the podcast, I have to pay attention to all of these little technical details. And sometimes you just want to sit back and watch a movie. Like I want to take my critic hat off, you know, but it is a different yeah. way of approaching a movie. Yeah, I I was a music journalist for a long time, and I would cover concerts or oh. um, or review yeah. CDs. So I had to be very technical and very like involved in in taking notes about the the concert and my surroundings mm-hmm. and and things like that. So uh, when all I really wanted to do was like have a couple of drinks and dance around like a fool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, you know, but um, with movies, it's, it's completely different. Like uh, I'm able to unplug, and and that's what I'm. Real, I, you know, I get really involved in that, and and music the same now because I'm not doing it as much. So I do get to enjoy myself, which which I like. So um, yes. But yeah, I mean, growing up, I was like, you know, I grew up with my grandmother and my mother, and she, uh, mm-hmm. they both were into like the classic movies, and like one that was in our house a lot whenever it was on television was Bringing Up Baby. That's probably one of my all oh. my favorite movies. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, you know, I just I had a conversation with uh, my property manager, the, and I don't know how he got stuck on like classic films. And we started talking about anti-mame and I just like, oh, okay. So now I have to like rent this from Amazon and watch anti-mame again for, you know, God knows. I think probably for me, I've seen Singing in the Rain maybe more than any other classic film. You just cannot beat those performances. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, there are, and there are some that are, you know, like that were critically panned that I still love and I will watch them, you know, I'll stop in my tracks. Purple Rain is one of them. I'll stop in my tracks and <laughs> sit down and watch Purple Rain. It, it doesn't matter. You know, I I will be blessed by the waters of Lake Minnetonka for the rest of my life. I don't care, you know, like. <laughs> Absolutely. So. And we're, um, you know, I have to say for, for the team, like, we're, we, you know, we can be highbrow, we can be lowbrow. Um, we are not, like, movie snobs in and of ourselves, although uh, the requirement to sort of get on the team is that you do actually have to be able to speak knowledgeably about technical aspects. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we, me and my – and Adam, we did yesterday, and we were bound and determined. I mean, by the director of Love Actually, right? So we were bound and determined to hate it. And then we both sat down to record, and he was like, I kind of liked it. And I was like, I kind of liked it, too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It happens. You get charmed. Yeah, I know, especially with, like, that's the one with Henry Golding in it, right? And Amelia Clark, that one? Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Don't say anything. <laughs> Oh, okay. Totally no, I haven't to, seen it yet, but, but no. I, I, I'm compelled to see it, you know. But um, <laughs> oh, are you speaking Please bring about back the um, rom-com? Uh, the the rom-com. Oh, yeah. Yesterday, the one about the Beatles. They like this guy wakes up in the world where there's no Beatles anymore. 
Oh yes, yes. Oh, it came out. Yeah, over I the haven't summer. seen that. Yes, I know. It's and, surprisingly and, charming. Oh, I can imagine. Um, I yeah, that's on my list, and I don't know. My list is like completely long, but then you know, then again, I get sucked in like you know with <laughs> with the movies I grew up in, which are like completely mm-hmm. like politically incorrect. But I love you know, like I was discussing the other day about. Uh, like Back to School and Caddyshack and Fletch and and those oh, movies, yeah. You know, like uh, and like all of the Chevy Chase like '80s movies <laughs> and Rodney Dangerfield, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like they're so like for like the the 2000s, they're so like n- <laughs> not politically correct, but they're endearing mm-hmm. to me because I grew up with them. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I find there has like there's like a line and I think we all have it internally for ourselves when you, when it's just like oh no this is like somebody in you know brown face this is really problematic and I actually cannot watch this anymore and then there's a like hey it was part of the times it's still funny in so many other ways like I can overlook it you know yeah yeah I, yeah. I, I think we're all figuring it out on our own I think so yeah <laughs> so um it- your co-hosts, are they friends or are they people that you actually, like, recruited or are they people that approached you? Uh, all all of the above, actually. So some of them were friends. Some of them were people I sort of knew tangentially uh, were really into movies, so I approached them. One of them, yes, heard I had a podcast about movies and I knew her boyfriend and she asked to be on it. And one of them... Um, so, you know, one of the reasons I have so many people is that own voices is, is like a really big part of what we're trying to do. So I don't like to review a movie that has, a, you know, a kind of personal theme and then no one is there to speak to that. So, boy, mm-hmm. howdy, did I put out feelers for a gay co-host. Because I'm like, we're missing a lot of great movies here. <laughs> like, I, I, need, I need someone queer, please, because... You know, we just didn't have that voice in the team. And so uh, that one I just, I sort of had to recruit and I was asking everybody. Um, and I think we still have like a hole for, I, th- I think I need a parent. None of us have children. Um, so, yeah. And like I said, couldn't, I mean, every single one of them is a dear friend now. But uh, no, not all of them started out that way. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, what type of equipment do you use to record and edit the show? Is it uh, basic, or do uh, you have like a whole production team? Oh yes, I have a whole production team. Me and my cat, who is desperate to be on the podcast and keeps getting edited <laughs> out. I don't know if Same. you have this problem. Yes, oh, yeah, I have okay. two. I have two, and oh, currently, no. <laughs> right now. Yes. Uh, well, currently, right now, they're sleeping at the end of my bed. They're being good. Um, so, so yes, I podcast in my bedroom. So, um, so yeah, I mean, they they are always eager to um, put their two cents in. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I certainly know where you're coming from. I know. So, uh, uh, so I have that challenge to work around. I am basic as can be. I literally have a blue Yeti in a tipped over sideways storage cube that is lined with acoustic foam. So that is our highly te- te- 
technical recording setup. And as I'm sure you know, like it can get very cold or very hot as I have to turn the heat off or the air conditioning off. Um, so I try to get it as quiet as possible. Uh, and we do have to stop. I live in the city, so we do have to stop for like sirens going by or the dog outside barking. Um, and then I use Audacity to edit. Um, I brought absolutely zero technical skills to this. Uh, so I just, you know, God bless everything you can learn just by watching YouTube videos. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I don't know how to I do wait. anything fancier than the setup I have now. Right, exactly. Like I came in uh, to podcasts. I did a music podcast with one of my best friends, and and we played music mostly and and interviewed bands. So you know, it was very natural for me, and and I had a sidekick. You know, so um, and mm-hmm. and we've been best friends. We've been best friends since like 1996. So I mean, we know everything about each other. So you know, we had a, a a great rapport with each other, and and we were just being goofy and having fun with each other, and and playing music. And this was you know right right before like the whole um, controversy with. Um, playing music and uh, royalties and, and mm-hmm. things of that nature when, when bands really didn't care and they wanted the, the exposure, um, exposure, you know, yeah. and, and well, I, I get that. And so once it started coming into the forefront, we just kind of decided, okay, look, we're not going to do this anymore because we don't want to put ourselves in jeopardy, but we want the musicians to be paid for their, their music too. So, you mm-hmm. know, we, we, we ended it. So with this podcast, I jumped in the pool like in a doing a belly flop. I had no idea what to do. You know, like I prepared a Twitter page a month in advance, and that's pretty much all I did. You know, <laughs> like that's it. You know, like I I went in blind, and boy, have I learned a, a couple of lessons in the last few months. But um, <laughs> I can so. understand that. I got, if you can believe it. I was talking to a coworker and her husband is a professional like audio video engineer. And he listened to a few episodes. He literally like came to my house and was like, this is creating a hum. You have to replug everything into a separate power strip and then turn it off. Like when you record, cause you're getting feedback. Like he just, he just came in and just really helped with my setup for free. You know, like, just out of the goodness of his heart and so I do I have had like really good help along the way um and as I'm sure you know like um I I I know you said in one of your episodes that you had some background in radio but for me I'm just trying to get the audio quality to the point where it's not a deterrent yeah you know it's it's never going to sound like NPR (laughs) <laughs> right, right, and and neither will this show. I mean, <laughs> unless they want to pull me in and give me a few pointers and and <laughs> a couple of hundred grand, I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> or like even like a tenth of that, I don't, <laughs> you know. But um, <laughs> that's how that's how I see it. But um, uh, y- you know, th- this isn't like uh, a crazy, you know. Uh, mind-blowing uh, podcast out there either. You know, like I'm not going to change the world with that. I might get a couple of people to listen to to different podcasts. If I could do that, I've achieved my goal. So <laughs> that sounds fair. But, I mean, 
I, like I said, I've listened to some of your episodes and you definitely sound like you're having fun doing it. And I mean, it's, it's really gratifying to just have this thing that you made out in the world for people to appreciate. I really underestimated how much I needed that in my life until I got involved with movies that matter. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, the, and I talk about this with a lot of the podcasters that I have on. Um, so the the dreaded pod feed. Um, obviously, you've had more than seven episodes. Um, after seven episodes, usually uh, the the lights go out and people close the door and walk away from the podcast. Mm, so, mm-hmm. so what are your thoughts on it, and how do you avoid it yourself? So, it's kind of interesting because I would say that sort of happened to us. Um, so I, I, as I alluded to, I started this podcast with Stacy, who is now one of the regular co-hosts. Um, and after several episodes, you know, it's just, it's a lot of work and it's a huge commitment. And she had other things that she really needed to focus on in her life. And she kind of said to me, I, I'm not sure I want to keep doing this. And I didn't want to quit. So I kept going, and then that's when I recruited a bunch of other people, which now, you know, Stacy's part of the team, um, was able to lure her back in. I think I, – so I guess for me it comes down to a couple things. One, the team. Like, the team really wants to do it, and they get excited, and they see movies, and they're like, oh – I'm claiming this, you know, like six months in advance. Like I know this movie's coming out. I want it. So the team keeps me enthused. Um, one, two, I am not afraid to air a rerun. You know, I I have a life. I went to Egypt for two weeks. You got a rerun. <laughs> so I think, you know, it's really important. And that first year I was, you know, I hit my mark every other week new new content, new episode. But then after that I was like, okay, I'm a proven commodity. You know that I'm not doing the podcast fade, you know, take take a take time off. Like it's it is it, you can't let it just ru- run your life. I mean, most of us have day jobs and uh so I would say that's key too is like allow yourself a break. Um, yeah, I mean there's you definitely need a, a work-life balance um, <laughs> because podcasting, you know, besides your day job, it's podcasting is a lot of work in and of itself. So you work 40 hours a week at your regular job, and then you work, uh, I, I don't know, I mean, some people work 40 hours or longer on their podcasts, you know, dependent on on um, <laughs> how obsessive they are or um, how much content they have. Um, you know, that's, so you do or how have much to step away. tries to interrupt them. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, you do have to step away and that's really, really awesome that you got to go to Egypt for two weeks. I would, <laughs> I would do a rerun for that too. So <laughs> yeah, you, everyone should go. Um, and I think the other thing about me is, um, I guess, for for better and sometimes honestly to be quite frank for worse um i once i say i'm going to do something that is just the end of it for me um so listeners of the podcast know i i am actually a professional economist i did get a phd in economics 
and despite some like very major setbacks along the way, like I stuck with it. Um, I am just extremely determined, like quitting. I just don't allow myself the option to quit. So mm-hmm. uh, that's probably just, just the quirk of my personality, which I, again, I strongly don't recommend. Like there are times I should have quit things and I didn't, uh, but I'm just very determined. Yeah. Um, are you uh, the type, and and forgive me for asking this, because I'm completely this person, um, do you bite off more than you could chew sometimes, and then you kick yourself, but you're, you get it done because you said that you would get it done? Very much, and especially when it comes to things like the podcast and my personal life. Like, I can't turn down an invitation to something that sounds fun even though like I could probably use the night in, you know? Uh, so yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm very, I'm very bad about kind of recognizing that I'm, I'm heading towards burnout. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then when you get there, you hit the wall and it's like, Oh wait, okay. I've got to say no. Like mm-hmm. once. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so. And um, I will say I'm, I'm sure you have this too. Like there are times though when I do have to, I mean, oof, it can be really tough with work because you can't say no to work, but there are times that I'm like, nope, I've got a podcast to get out on Thursday. I cannot go out on Wednesday night. There are times when I'm like, now I need that night for editing. Like, you know, there are times where podcast doesn't, you know, interfere with my life. I just have to, to get it done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I hear your co-host. Oh no! I'm sorry. Your fuzzy co-host. No, I think that's I think that's awesome. So we're keeping it in. So we're keeping yes, it in. Jane is so, telling um, me how much she does not like her diet and couldn't she have just 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 some more, please. Yeah. So um, yeah. Well, you know, I also commend you for. Um, having the determination to get your PhD that it's a lot of hard work. So I congratulate you for that too. So, um, thank you. (laughs) Moving on to, um, the podcast. So you, uh, release your episodes biweekly. Is that right? Or or no, Mm -hmm. uh, bi monthly. Yeah. Every other Thursday. Okay. And, um, so how would you say that podcasting has changed or improved your life for the better? Um, that's a good question. So, you know, I've sort of bragged on how great my team is and how much I love them. So, you know, just having those great people in my life is certainly one aspect of it. Um, I would I would say that, for me, it it just made everything else in my life kind of a little bit easier to handle uh, in the way that, like I said, I didn't realize this, but, you know, I, everything in my life is kind of settled and it's on autopilot and I, I needed a new challenge when the podcast sort of fell into my lap and I didn't realize how, how much I needed, you know, this kind of creative outlet where I get to make something that is more art than, 
you know, crunching numbers, which is basically my day job. And I do love being an economist, but I, I just, I, I had a hole in my life that I didn't realize I had until the podcast came along. So I would just say in a very general sense, I'm overall just happier, healthier, feel better about the future. Just everything in my life kind of fell into place when I got involved with movies that matter. Very cool. That sounds Very really cool. cheesy. Please edit that all no, 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 not at all. Not at all. I mean, uh, as people may know, I mean, I was recovering from a surgery when I had thought about um, podcasting again. And I was like, oh, okay, what am I going to do? I, I want to podcast, but I don't know what I want to do. I don't want to mu- do music. I want to change it up a little bit. I want to, you know, tap a different part of my my creativity and I'm like well I really Mm -hmm. love podcasts so why don't I do a podcast about podcasting and get podcasters on my podcast and talk about podcasting so (laughs) and as as niche as it is you know there are a lot of other there are a lot of other uh shows like that out there which I I just you know I'm discovering more and more of you know I mean there's like podcasts about the art of podcasting and you know, and mm-hmm. then others about how to market your podcast. But then there are podcasts about podcasts too. So, <laughs> like, I thought yeah. I was coming up with like a, a an ingenious idea when <laughs> when in reality there there are others and there are some really good ones out there too. But <laughs> you, you really don't yeah. know until oh, you're like really seeped into it. I used to joke to Stacey, if I had known how crowded the field of movie podcasts was, I don't know that I would have even bothered. Um, but, I, you know, and I, I always say, like, you know, that's the silliest, like, cheesy business advice where they tell you, like, you know, just, just do the thing that you love and, you know, that, that'll be the thing that works. Like, I mean – that was kind of right. Like, I wouldn't say we're taking the podcast world by storm by any means. Um, but I love movies and I love social issues. Well, yeah. You what do else could I do? Right. But you do differentiate yourself from other podcasts in, in the way that you do talk about the social is- issues that impact uh, or that are featured in the movies. You know, like, you know, for example, you were talking about um, – a beautiful day in the neighborhood and parental estrangement. Like you would never think of those two things being included with each other, but, but they are, you know, so, uh, and then you bring Mm -hmm. that, that part of the the movie out and, and focus on that specific issue, which I find is, is different than most of the other uh, movie podcasts out there, you know, but there are other podcasts that, that do talk about social issues and especially, um, like feminist issues and, and things of that nature or um, people of color or, you know, everything basically, you know, I'm the, but sure. for every, but for every niche, there's a sub niche and a sub sub niche too. So <laughs> that's, Absolutely. That's so um, on the flip side, um, what would you say the most challenging part about podcasting is? Oh, the technical aspects, uh, for sure. I'm a perfectionist. Um, I wish I could do this in a studio. I wish I could make, 
you know, it completely perfect and you would never hear my stupid creaky chair um, or mouth noise or, you know, any of the other things that I have to uh, deal with and no room noise, you know, no room tone. And uh, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agreed. <laughs> so um, besides uh your friend's husband helping you out. Um, or were there any other resources that have really um, guided you or helped you out on your journey with movies that matter? Um, I've had I've had a little bit of help along the way, um, for sure, and I'm sure I'm overlooking instrumental people. I would say one of the things that I did. Uh, so I'm based in D.C. and there's a D.C. Podfest. I went to uh, my uh, like my first year of podcasting and I have to say the people there uh, were remarkably helpful the speakers were really willing to just take the time to talk to me and give me a you know quick pointers along the way so that was really instrumental and I recommend look I recommend if you've gotten past the podcast fade point because I will say there were a lot of people at that conference who were like oh, we're going to start a podcast. We have the stickers and the merch and all the stuff. We haven't made any episodes yet. So I think the fact that I had been kind of doing it for a year at that point definitely made people more willing to talk to me because they knew I was serious. Um, but that was really, really helpful. And as I'm sure you know, Sherry, I make, you know, like negative $200 on this podcast a year. So <laughs> I haven't been able to afford to go to like the big podcast movement or the one for female podcasters in LA, which I would love to go to. Um, but I think I, I, I just was, I was just so gratified by how, how willing people were to give me free advice. Yeah. And, and I was just going to interject with, when you said that there were podcasts out there that hadn't even started and they made the stickers and the uh, uh, magnets and all that stuff already. I was just going to say, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, no, I think don't people do underestimate that. how hard this is. Uh-huh. Right, right. So what would you say is like a common myth about podcasting? I mean, before, like what, um, what do you wish you had known before you started out? <laughs> oh, good question. Um, I think, I don't know if this properly answers the question. I would say the biggest thing that is my biggest weakness when it comes to podcasting is definitely promotion. Um, Every time I would ask my friend who's a professional PR person how to use Twitter, I would get such a complicated answer. I'd be like, never mind, never mind, never mind. I'll just keep <laughs> not tweeting the way that I'm not tweeting. Um, so I really, I really wish that I had some understanding of, like, how to use social media. Um, and I, everyone keeps telling me I should be on Instagram, and I'm like, it's a podcast. <laughs> I don't have any images of anything. Like, what would I put on Instagram? Like, I don't know how to use it. I thought it was for photos. Like, sorry, I'm old. I don't know how to do these things. Um, but, yeah. 
That's exactly my thoughts on Instagram, and I re- like that's that's like 2020 goal. Like by the end of 2020, I have to learn how to use Instagram and and like see if it's really like beneficial to to me and the podcast because I'm not like a a selfie person or like even a picture taker. I hate my picture being taken. I'm like, no, no, take mm-hmm. a picture of the tree, you know, like <laughs> take a picture of the cat, yep. you know, like I really don't I want to be in here. It would be all. Just like here's our podcast somehow featuring only cat photos. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Or like pictures of the the podcast uh photo of like the the show that you're featuring, you know, like here's a picture of the show that we're featuring, you know, like and I don't but you know, a lot of people swear by it, so I have to at least try and that and that's like one of my 2020 goals is to see if like that that's really something that I want to do. But um well, I would you know, say I, I would look out for you, but I'm not on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, Actually, that's the one that Go ahead. No, no, no. Like that's the one that the that's the one social media like I'm just like no. <laughs> Can't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Well, and so one of the fun benefits of being an economist is that I know how to I knew some basic ways to code things up. Uh, so one of the nuts and bolts things that I, I like to let slip about the podcast is that I wrote a program in my economic software to automate my tweets. <laughs> so they auto-convert all my show notes into tweets, and then I just, like, use a scheduler to send them out because <laughs> I don't have time to, like, do social media. Um, I am on it live usually every Friday night, but, yeah, so – I I use my coding skills to make write a bot to make my choices for me. Huh, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> now that skill I would love to learn, <laughs> but yeah. I I really I really have no no math gene in my body. So um, mm. <laughs> that the the physics part of of my grandfather and my father uh, skipped a generation. It it went to my niece and nephew. <laughs> my sister and I are like uh, four. <laughs> four plus four is eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, yeah. you know that that that's you know. I got the the English side, I guess. So <laughs> I guess that's good. I mean, but um, you know, get, getting back into podcasting a little bit more. Um, I don't know what what would you give uh, advice for like someone who wants to podcast. Like, what would you tell them to to you know before they um, started on that path? I guess I would say, um, for one, first and foremost, recognize that no matter how much you think you love what you're about to do, at some points it's going to feel like a job. Uh, it's, it's not going to be this, like, fun hobby that you do all the time. You'll still have those moments of joy, but, again, you're going to have to turn down social invitations or whatever the thing is, like work a late night and then come home and edit late into the night to get your content done. So, uh, you know, be prepared 
to face that kind of commitment, A. And then B, I, I find it really interesting and fascinating how people kind of come up with their content because mine is so easy. Like, I'm like, there are always new movies coming out for us to talk about, you know. So my 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 content is creation is sort of built in. So I guess I would, you know, recommend to people, like, think about how you're going to keep coming up with new ideas and or mm-hmm. pick something where you don't have to like I did. <laughs> 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 or like I did, you know, because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> so, as a podcaster, um, do you listen to them on the regular, or are, are there any specific ones that that you listen to if you have the time to? Um, I do listen to them on my commute, and I actually I want to commend so um, a couple of episodes ago, and I'm blinking on his name you had someone on who does the sci-fi dramas and he made this point and I like just kind of stopped dead in the street when I heard it that some people come to podcasting through radio and some people come to podcasting through podcasting um and I was like oh wow like I've sort of intuitively felt that there's a divide between certain types of podcasts but I never would have been able to put it in those words that he did and so I will say for me um, I like the more radio style podcasts than I do like just the more freeform casual ones Mm -hmm. so I'm a little biased on that front and that's what I try to create well that's yeah that's a good answer um yeah, I mean, I like a lot of the the old-timey, like, radio dramas and stuff, too, because, I mean, I studied that, and and I was exposed mm-hmm. to it also, you know, like, growing up, I, I talk, I mention this a lot, uh, World of Worlds, you know, was exposed to me at a young age, you know, my grandmother was like, oh, you want to hear something? Here's something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like, wow, you know, and, and people were actually, you know, um, it, you know, believed what was happening was happening. So in, in this little town mm-hmm. in New Jersey, you know, <laughs> so people were locking their doors and, and uh, you know, hiding in the closet, you know, because I, they thought aliens were going to come get them, you know, and, and destroy the earth, <laughs> you know, so um that that you know part of it was like very intriguing and and very um you know i i think that that is what drew me in initially and then you know uh listening to like some of the older like comedies and and things of that nature too were you know and and sci-fi and and all of that it it was you know definitely different and if people sit around the radio and they could do the same thing, like sit around and like, maybe, I don't know, listen to their, um, (laughs) listen to their uh, computers together or their, um, you know, while they're listening to Spotify on their, uh, iPhones or whatever, you know, it's the same type of experience only in a different format. So, um, I really Mm -hmm. like that. So, um, as far as like, Personally, like I have a couple of like silly little questions that I uh, threw in. Um, so, 
if you could have dinner with any three actors or filmmakers, dead or alive, who would they be? So I definitely would love to sit down with my favorite director who, because I took a Spanish film course, is actually Spanish, um, Alejandro Amenabar. Uh, most of his films are in Spanish. You may know him from the movie The Others which I literally cried myself to sleep. I was so afraid of ghosts after I saw that. <laughs> um, so that's definitely one. Um, I have to say the temptation, and this is just such a like on the nose pick, but I, I find it frankly unavoidable to say Marilyn Monroe. Just to, just to see what she was really like. You know, yeah. Um, I I think I just I sort of can't not have her as as part of it. Um, and then just to make sure everything was as lively and as fantastic as possible and the best fun we could have, uh, I think we'd have to throw Charlie Chaplin in there. <laughs> cool. Cool. That's a good list. That's a good list. <laughs> so I would I you know, Charlie Chaplin, yeah. I mean weren't you less you know, like if it wasn't him, it would either be him, uh, Robin Williams or um uh Groucho Marx. Eddie like Murphy one of those, for me. Yeah, Eddie Murphy, yeah, I, definitely. I there's nothing like from the dumb parts he takes in Shrek. Like there's nothing Eddie Murphy does that I, like he can't just find humor. He can't, he makes everything funny. Like I just, he's probably after Charlie Chaplin, like who is really into physical comedy and I love physical comedy. Yeah. I would say Eddie Murphy. Yeah. So if I can have a fourth, yeah. it's Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like chomping at the bit for his Saturday night live return. I'm just like, I I can't wait. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> and it's coming soon, I think. It's I I think it's uh like coming up within the, like the next uh couple of weeks actually. So, I'm really looking forward to that. Um <laughs> Definitely. But, um <laughs> uh and I did you um watch the movie Dolomite is my name? I have not. I, I've heard it's really good, and I mean to get around to it. Um, it's a, it's a more serious, right? Which he was great in Dreamgirls, in a more serious yeah. role. Well, it's it has its its moments, you know. It, it it's um, I think once you uh, I uh, would suggest it. I mean, it's a little bit more dramatic, but it's definitely funny <laughs> because. Okay. Um, good. He, he he plays a, he plays a guy who was a a filmmaker who like uh pushed the boundaries shall we say mm. so <laughs> so you know in in that respect you'll i i think you'll find it good i think you'll find it good um but yeah i mean yeah Eddie murphy can't do wrong uh, so <laughs> I, I agreed there um so if you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked that I didn't before we we uh, wrap up? 
I knew this question was coming, and yet I have no answer. Um, <laughs> I think I would ask. Uh, yeah, I, I guess. Um, gosh, I have so many questions for you. It's really funny. Like, I, it's 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 harder to be interviewed than you would think. I don't know how many interviews you've done, but. You're just such a great personality, and you laugh so much, and I just just want to hear more about you. So, like, all the questions that are coming to me are like, oh, I wish I could ask Sherry X. Um, so that is not at all helpful, I realize. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I guess I think the thing that, uh, that I'm sort of not doing as well at in terms of uh, promoting the Movies That Matter podcast and the things that I, I sort of wish people would ask me about more is actually the social issue side. There's just a lot of focus on the movies, which I mm-hmm. it's like the easy entree for people. But, you know, we've covered everything from domestic violence to sex work, you know, to a lot of different aspects about, say, racism, like, you know, code switching and white fragility and, you know, and I really am proud of the work that I and the, and the hosts and the team does. And, you know, we read, we do our research when we need to, to tackle an issue. Um, and I guess I just wish there was a little bit more focus on that part of the podcast. Yeah. Well, you, you know, two of my favorite movies um, last uh, last year were, and, and a part of it is because, it, it, you know, music was involved. Well, I should say three. Um, but a lot of them had social issues involved in it. Um, and one that you covered was A Star is Born um, and Defining mm. Talent. Um, but also the the um, issue involving, um, you know, the the character that Bradley Cooper played and his struggle with alcoholism, addiction, and um, mental illness, you know, that, the, you know, the, that, the, the, you know, a lot of the scenes in there really affected me in ways that I never mm-hmm. thought that would, that they would. Um, and I think that, I mean, I've seen all the um, previous A Star is Born, but that one really, you know, uh, you know, hit me where it hurt. So um, I I think Bradley Cooper did a really good job, and I think the whole cast did a, a wonderful job too. Lady Gaga, I think, is like one of the uh, most underrated artists out there, um, you know, as a singer, a performer, an actress. You know, she's, she's great, um, and I'm looking she forward is, to yeah. her. Yeah, I'm looking forward to her next movie. Um, I think it's a, about Gucci, if I'm not mistaken. But um, yeah, and and also um, uh, the Elton John movie Rocket Man. You know that had yeah, a lot we of, covered uh, addiction in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hang on. And one also, also like the issues that he had with his mother and you know his his father, the the parental issues with there. And um, mm-hmm. Bohemian, Rhapsody, Bohemian Rhapsody was another one that was like, you know, the 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 struggles of uh, Freddie Mercury, you know, were mm-hmm. well depicted by by Rami Malek. So, um, 
you know, the his yeah. his gender identity and um you know, not his gender identity, but his sexuality, um his, you know, his uh I don't know, uh abandonment issues, <laughs> you know, all that. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I I think that all of those issues are, have been like clearly spoken about on on your podcast. So, yeah, and and yeah, I mean, the social issues definitely need to be, you know, spoken about, too. I mean, not just the movies, but, you know, the movies are, are definitely the focal point to a lot of people. So that's probably what pulls them in. And, and maybe, you know, this you speaking about the social issues will bring a little bit of um, attention to it. I really hope so. I mean, I, I only know from, say, some of my friends who listen who – um, are loyal and dear, and they and they say because we do the social issues, they you know they're willing to listen to episodes for movies they haven't seen and will never see because they're you know they're there for sort of the discussion. Um, and I hope that we are again. We I, I, I come to this like I, I try to take every every issue really seriously and to give it the attention that it deserves. And often I'm lucky, like I said, because I. I, I benefit from the own voices and the lived experiences of myself or, or, you know, whoever I'm making the episode with, but, you know, we work, we work hard and we, we care so much about some of these things. Like I remember we did the research for book of Henry and I found out like anywhere between 20 to 40% of police officers are domestic abusers themselves. That's a shocking statistic. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. And it explains a lot about how like domestic violence is treated in this country by law enforcement, right? Um and so yeah, I guess uh I, I if I can do the self-promotion here which you've been really graceful in letting me do, like uh stay for the conversation. We're not only a movies podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So, um Given that, um, how can people find your podcast on social media or listen to your podcast? Check out our Instagram. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have an Instagram yet. <laughs> so we have a Facebook page, uh, Movies Matter Pod, or you can just search Movies That Matter. And we're most active on Twitter. Our handle is at Movies Matter Pod. Uh, our website is very lengthy, moviesthatmatterpodcast.com. As for listening to the show, um, I have tried to be everywhere that you can listen to podcasts. If you can't find us, hit me up on one of those things and tell me what 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 you're sourcing your podcast from because I, <laughs> I try to get on all the platforms. Um, there was a bit of a hiccup in transferring. We moved our web host over to Livesin and not all of that went smoothly. So I just found out that we weren't on Spotify and now I, we are back on Spotify. So also if you can't find us, maybe it's a problem with our feed, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, well, wonderful. So um, <laughs> I, I'm glad to hear that. So um, I, in fact, I, I think I did listen to one of your shows on Spotify too. So, um, Hooray! <laughs> so I it was works. able to search and find it. So um, I, I think I think that's still um, active. So um, I will have to look Good. into that more and and let you know if it's not working. But um, 
because that's that's primarily where I listen to them besides like the the main website of of the podcast which is usually their host so um mm-hmm. so before we go Nicole uh, are there any closing thoughts that you'd like to share uh listening to this podcast and who are just discovering yours Um I guess my closing yeah I think I guess my closing Thoughts are, uh, well, if you're listening to Sherry, then you're already interested in indie podcasts. But I would say, you know, give us a try. There's a lot of different kinds of content out there. And uh, just because maybe we're not household names uh, doesn't mean we are not valuable to the podcasting scene. So take a chance. Try something new. Exactly. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for talking with me about Movies That Matter and for appearing on your podcast or mine. I really appreciate it. I had a fun conversation. Me too. Now I just want to talk about (laughs) classic movies with you. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) definitely, definitely. Okay, uh, well, thanks so much, and um, thanks to everyone for listening to your podcast or mine. I'll catch you soon.